Thanks for tuning into our podcast. We love having you here, and it's our mission to bring you all the latest and greatest tips, skills, and know-how to make you the best that you can be. We know that you have it in you, and we're going to show you how. Now, now, let's get started. Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome back to Anti-Bullying 101. These podcasts are designed to create awareness about the bullying epidemic and provide teachers, administrators, parents, and even students information about the dangers of bullying and why we have to take a comprehensive approach when dealing with the problem. My name is Jim Burns. I'm your host. I'm a retired high school administrator with over 40 years of experience in education. Currently, I'm a college instructor, and I've developed a bullyproof classroom, a graduate course that provides my students with permanent help, not temporary relief, as they battle the bullying epidemic. Today, we're going to take a look at antisocial behavior and how this behavior can intimidate even you as the teacher. Well, I want to make one thing perfectly clear. As a teacher, you can be intimidated. And if you're a young teacher and you've been in the classroom for maybe a couple of years or a year, or maybe you just started out, kids figure out how to intimidate you. And they can recognize it when it happens. And it's painful because you don't know what to do. You don't understand how to handle certain things yet. And even if you're older, there are certain kids that could just absolutely frighten you. And that's where we're at right now. There are kids that will frighten you in the classroom. Now, there are kids that are bullies who exhibit antisocial behavior. Now, antisocial behaviors and kids who are antisocial are kids who just lack consideration for other people. Yet it's conduct that violates the basic rights of another person. And that, to me, is respect. Respect is having a regard for the rights and privileges of another person. And it's disruptive in school and it's disruptive in society. And it's intentional. And it can be covert or overt. But the fact of the matter is, this kid in your classroom can intimidate you. He may intimidate administration. I don't know. And we can suspend the kid. We can do a lot of things to him. But the bottom line is the behavior is not going to stop. Because it's learned and it's ingrained in this kid. 
And what I'm hoping to do with this podcast right now, or this episode of my podcast, is help you understand this as a teacher. Because this stuff can become debilitating. You could be driving home thinking of a, thinking of a kid. You could be having trouble sleeping at night. It can cause you emotional distress. And this is what we want to avoid. I did a, a um, podcast, an episode of my, one of my podcasts a few days ago. It was called Take Care of Yourself First. And you do have to take care of yourself first when you're dealing with kids like this. Because in reality, if you don't, you're going to end up in trouble. You're going to end up having trouble at home. You're going to end up having trouble mentally. You're going to have trouble emotionally. And you're not going to know what to do. Now, I will say this. We spend about 80% of our time dealing with 10% of the kids or 20% of the kids. So there's a, a small percentage of kids that either bully or behavior problems, but there is a certain percentage less than, you know, maybe one, less, maybe one or two, one kid in your class, two kids in your class. That's all it takes. One kid who is just antisocial, who bullies, who knows how to play the intimidation game. And we want to learn how to deal with it but the bottom line is, this is not just a matter of our actions. It's a matter of our emotions and a matter of our attitude and how we deal with it. And when we are placed in front of a group of students, which is our classroom, our class, our, the kids we have to work with, and we have one or two of these kids in that room, and it doesn't matter if they're 5, if they're 10, if they're 18 years old. The behavior can be intimidating. And when there's aggression involved, it's even worse. Now, let's take a look at what we can do with kids that are antisocial. And I will tell you, one of the things that you're going to have to do is take a look at yourself. This is key. You have to take a look at yourself and determine if this is, a, if this is something that you can handle. <clears throat> Excuse me. So let's take a look at what we can do with this type of thing. Number one, we have to create in the mind of this kid who is antisocial, who looks to hurt and wants to intimidate, what I call consequential thinking. You see, you can't grow a conscience, so the kid is not like all of a sudden going to have some type of epiphany where he says, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm, I'm turning over a new leaf and I'm going to treat everyone kindly and fairly and respectfully. That's not going to happen. What we have to do is get set in this kid's mind 
of something that I call the process of gain and loss. And we have got to stop, stop with the detention, suspension, in-school suspension because it won't work with this kid. There has to be large-scale consequences. As, ex as an example, a child who's in elementary school, if you're going to have some type of holiday party, he can't attend. Tough one, right? Try and pull that off. But that's what will work. And then, of course, if you try that, you'll have parents come in and start, you know, screaming and hollering. Maybe they can't go on a field trip. And he shouldn't go on a field trip. You can't contain him in school. How are you going to handle him when he's out of the building? But that's the process of gain and loss. You have kids as, as they grow older, there are, there are seminal events in their life. Like the prom. Or some type of middle school activity where they all get together and they, they have this party in the gym. Can't participate. Why? You're antisocial. You're not going to say to the kid you're antisocial. You say because your behavior over a period of time has given me the indication that you will be a problem either out of the building or at an event. And this is what I'm talking about. You could have meetings with parents. The parents are probably antisocial. Which is how the kid got that way for openers. And they've got research that they, where they talk about there's differences in this child's frontal lobe, you know, and so on. Where he has poor judgment, executive functions affected, and so on. We could, we could go down that road in terms of organics, but when we go down that road, what we're going to discover is that you can't fix it because any pill that you give this kid's only going to tune up his brain. It's not going to take care of the problem. So we have to get into his head. Now, oftentimes, kids who are antisocial, they start thinking, you know, consequentially when they end up in jail. Now they're thinking of the consequence. Now all they want to do is get out of jail. So they have some epiphany in jail, and, and they're, they're begging the, um, the parole board to let them out. And I'm not so sure that anyone who has committed a crime and who's up for parole, I'm not so sure that any epiphanies or what we should be listening to if the if the crime was aggressive and it involved truly hurting other people so there has to be consequential thinking on the part of this kid i mean he's either going to do it now or later and later he'll be in jail and he has to develop a process of gain and loss. Hey, look, this kid is not only intimidating you, he's intimidating others. He's probably intimidating the principal. It wouldn't surprise me. Or if he's not doing it, his parents are doing it, or her parents. So we've got to start thinking about this. Because once these kids graduate and they get out from under, 
the, the uh, school authority, they're not going to be able to control these kids in society. And then they do end up in jail after several attempts of, you know, going into jail, having uh, probation and all kinds of other things. We don't know what type of crime they'll commit when they leave school. Now, with that said, consequential thinking, process of gain and loss. Then we have to impose a consequence consistently. We have to be consistent. They have to begin to get the idea that we're not putting up with it. So every time something happens that is aggressive and it is meant to hurt and it is something that you just feel completely intimidated by, what you have to do is impose a consistent consequence. Let me explain something to you. And this goes back to a podcast that I did several weeks ago. I like you, but I don't like your behavior. I have seen so many teachers who are intimidated by kids and, the, and they, they share the line, you know, you know, I really like this kid. I really like Joey. Why are you saying that? I mean, say nothing. Don't say you don't like them. But why you're saying it to protect yourself. I've seen teachers who have said to me, oh, I really like Richie. He's a great kid. Every day the kid is down in my office because they get thrown out of class. Obviously, your relationship with Richie is not that good. Even though you may like him, he's certainly not liking you. I like you, but don't like your behavior. Forget it. Be real and be honest with yourself. So you have to have consistent consequences. Taken from a list of things that a kid cannot do when they're involved with this type of aggression. Then we have to look at our ability to impose these consequences. Now what does that mean? That means if you impose a consequence as a teacher, you have to be sure that administratively you're going to be supported. If you are not supported, you're better off not imposing the consequence. Why? Because it's going to get overturned anyway. And then you feel like a fool, and the kid then has more clout than he did before. So you have to really, you can't impose a consequence impulsively. You need to go down, you need to talk to your administrator. And I really have trouble with this. Because it just communicates to me a lack of support for the teacher. When administratively a parent can come in or someone gets a phone call that says you can't impose that consequence, I get tired of it. Because I think teachers should be supported in their efforts to control their classroom. And if you're not sure that a consequence can be imposed, why even have it? Some consequences you may uh, impose are part of the school policy. And I've seen one parental complaint change an entire policy. But realistically, check it out first so you don't get overturned. 
So we have consequential thinking. Remember, you can't grow a conscience, but you got to get them to think consequentially. Process of gain and loss. What does he want to lose? What is he going to lose? What is he going to gain or her? Consistency with your consequences. Evaluate your ability to impose the consequence. And lastly, you got to understand your own strengths and weaknesses. Because if you know, let's just say there is a party coming up, third grade. But if a kid acts up, no party. Do you have the guts to do that? And in years gone by, you didn't have to worry about guts because the parents supported you. If you're going to have a problem with confronting a parent because their kid's not participating in a, in a party in your classroom, because of him being antisocial, of course, can you do it? Can administrators do it? Can they deal with it? See, we're, we're almost getting ready right now to throw everything out because we hit so many roadblocks when we try, and in, we try to enforce the rules and the regulations. We're almost getting ready to say, forget it all. Toss the whole thing because nobody's being held accountable anyway. But if we want to, if we want our own mental health and our own emotional health to be uh, imposed upon by these kids, that's what's going to happen if we don't start imposing the right techniques in dealing with this kid who is a bully, who's antisocial, and intimidates. I'll say it again, the five things. Consequential thinking. The process of gain and loss. Consistency. Understand your ability in imposing a consequence and understand your own strengths and weaknesses when you do it. Those five things will help you dealing with this in the classroom. Now, you've got to have support from administration. You may have to start building a relationship with the parent right away so that at least they understand what you're trying to do. But if you're going home and you're thinking of a kid and you're sick over it and you feel like you're not getting the right support, it's time to take another approach. And if you're an administrator and you're not supporting your teachers through it all because of your own fears and intimidation by parents and even sometimes students, maybe you better take a look at getting into another profession. My first year in administration, I had to evaluate one thing. Can I take being yelled at all the time? And my first year, I almost was ready to leave administration because I knew I was going to get yelled at all the time by parents, students, teachers. I was always going to have some type of problem. 
You almost need to go into therapy to figure it out. But the bottom line is I stayed, I discovered it, but I had to evaluate my own strengths and, weak strengths and weaknesses in order to move forward in my profession. It's that simple, folks. We can't let kids take over. And if kids are having difficulty, if kids are antisocial, if kids are looking to hurt emotionally, mentally, and physically, something's got to get done. I've outlined five steps that you can take. Do yourself a favor. Think about it. Because if it's affecting you emotionally, it's not worth it. It just isn't worth it. Your job is to teach, not to have to deal, not to go into work every day feeling intimidated and frightened by a kid. And that's the bottom line. My name is Jim Burns. Thank you for listening to Anti-Bullying 101. Please go to my website at www.bullyproofclassroom.com. Check it out. I say it in every podcast. There's a store there. You can take a course there. It's wonderful. You'll love it. So just go there and take a look at some of the great stuff that we have. Read some articles. Some, a lot of the stuff is for free. We're getting ready to put up a free unit plan on resiliency. So take a look at that. You can get that for nothing. I mean, you just got to go click on it and you'll get it. Once again, my name is Jim Burns. It's been my pleasure speaking with you today. And I'll be looking for you again in another episode of Anti-Bullying 101.